0: For Kansas City fans, my name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and breaking news, Reese has quit the podcast. I'm going to put in some, I'm going to put in the same sad music that I put in for for the fantasy football podcast that we did like four weeks ago. Yes, I'm sad to say because I ghosted Reese for two whole weeks on the podcast, and Reese mustered the energy to do two, and then when I told him, man, you're doing such a good job, you don't need me anymore. He said, you know what? I don't need you. And I don't need Fountain City Sports Media. I'm going to keep killing it at Boulevard and do my own thing. So here I am, left on my own, to give you the most fire takes about Chiefs Packers. To give you the most fire takes about Aaron Rodgers. Just kidding. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, but not so much. Just kidding, Reese. Is actually at a, I guess I can spoil it now because the event will be over, but he's at a surprise party um, that he didn't know was going to happen and it was kind of a last minute thing. So um, he's at the surprise party and I can't do any other time because I am super busy in the evening, unfortunately. Uh, But we promise you, ladies and gentlemen, we we will get back at it a joyous reunion next week Um, because, yeah, it's been a wild, wild three weeks for both Reese and I. So, shout out to referees for doing the podcast. Shout out to David for contributing such great Packers knowledge and also, like, probably, probably being one of the first people to have a reaction to the Aaron Rodgers um, Pat McAfee interview because that was also wild, um, which we won't get into today. Actually, no, no, it was just the news of Aaron Rodgers being out for the game but you guys did not talk about the Pat McAfee interview uh, which if I did talk about the Pat McAfee interview uh, I'm sure Reese would actually leave the podcast after the things that I would say here on on the wonderful airwaves of all the different podcast apps. You can find this podcast. That's right. Not only am I hot tech mondo, but I am Segway mondo. So please follow us on Instagram. uh, Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find us at the handle fountain city SM or sorry. Let me put the at there too at fountain city SM. So please give us a like on all those platforms. Also consider contributing to our Patreon account. Uh, that is how we stay together and as you see even when one of us is busy we always put out a podcast every single week no matter what how many podcasts can say that i can I can name some podcasts right now you know what? I'm, I'm gonna name a few podcasts right now yeah, I've definitely listened to these podcasts, and they did not do episodes every week. So look at us. Look at us doing some good work here. Thank you for those that follow us on social media and contribute to our Patreon account. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, and we appreciate your support. All right, going back to going back to me, because it's just me, and I can just talk about me all day, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so I've been going like back-to-back back with different performances. I just did a show with the Denver Philharmonic. Uh, which was great. We're going to do some more shows in Washington State and New York later, which will be fun. And I'm doing another show at the Denver Art Museum. Um, And then after that, I was popping in New York, popping into Chicago, doing some auditions here and there for other opera companies that haven't heard me in two years because of COVID. So it'll be nice to be back on the road, back doing auditions. But uh, yeah, being an opera singer is quite the wild life. Um, But yeah, having a good time. Having a good time. Happy to be back. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to hear about my opera stuff, and I'm sure you don't want to hear about my fantasy football team, but you know what? We're going to talk about it, and I'm going to enter in some epic music here, the anti-sad piano music. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to put the Rocky theme. That's probably copyrighted, so I'll probably just do some something cheesy. You're probably hearing it now. So since we last talked... Reese and I had like a three percent chance of making the playoffs in our fountain fantasy league. Where are we at right now? Let's see. Reese and I went from having like a three percent chance to now we are we have a thirty-four percent chance of making the playoffs. And just in context, uh, one team has a hundred percent that will make it. Another team has sixty-two percent. Everyone else is kind of within the thirty to forty percent range of making the playoffs. So for those of you that don't know the ESPN like way that they that they rank it, um, we have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. In fact, let me look at the the projected standings right now. Oh man, we have such a. A limited playoff thing. So, right now, like someone that's five and four is going to make it into the playoffs. And right now, we are four and five and just getting better. In fact, if you go to the metrics here, ESPN does have some good metrics. Uh, we jumped from being the 10th ranked team to start this league to then being the fourth ranked team to start this league so it's a very competitive league but I'm really proud of this team I mean Reese keeps saying you know we keep trying to trust the process and it's true because we drafted Jalen Hurts who right now is ranked drumroll please the second ranked quarterback in fantasy football Ezekiel Elliott the 10th ranked running back in fantasy football Austin Eckler the fourth ranked running back in fantasy football and then we also have justin tucker who is the fifth best kicker in fantasy football um some other mentions is uh tj hawkinson the fourth best tight end in fantasy football and we've rounded out our teams and done some finagling through the trades uh we have chris godwin who has just been remarkable has has marked his way into the top 10 of wide receivers. We also picked up T Higgins who is not a very popular name, but for the past three weeks, 11 fantasy points, 11 fantasy points, almost 10 fantasy points against Baltimore uh, to start start the season. 13 fantasy points against the Vikings, 13 fantasy points against the Bears. So we love T. Higgins on this team. Also, someone dropped Calvin Ridley. Like, okay, okay, my fantasy friends, I know you guys listen to this. Don't drop Calvin Ridley. Why would you drop this guy? Of course, he has some non football related things going on in his life, but nothing has been indicated that he will miss the entire season. Not only that, but because of this, you can put him in the IR slot so you can still get someone for him. So, anyways, he was dropped. Okay, In the five weeks that he's played, four of them, he has scored over 10 fantasy points, which in this league is great for a wide receiver, two or a flex. So we're really happy to have that guy. And then just a flyer just for kicks because TJ Hawkinson was out last week. I picked up Pat Friermuth, um, who, by the way, the Steelers have, have stolen our our, uh, our moose chant because whenever Friermuth gets his touchdown, they go, moose which is basically what they they stole from us. So how how dare you Pittsburgh fans? How dare you? Anyway, this dude Freaking pops off yesterday with 18.8 fantasy points, two touchdowns, 43 yards. I was joking with Reese. I was like, we never know who's going to score a touchdown on the Steelers because, like, we don't know if, like, Ben Roethlisberger can still see the field. And Friermuth is probably the biggest person on that field, so he just sees this blob and he's like, hey, here we go. Throw it, TD. Because people like Deontay Johnson, people like Chase Claypool, who are really good players, are just not getting the ball. Although Deontay got... Got some good targets yesterday, but um, it looks like it's the Friarmouth show. So if anyone's listening to the podcast that is also on my fantasy league, he is uh, he is for sale to the highest bidder and it better be high. So anyway, we will keep you posted on our fantasy league Reese reason I are pumped for our team. It looks like we'll have a pretty good matchup next week as well um let's see and my brother I think is now the worst player in our fantasy league and I thought he had drafted the best let's let's give him a quick shaming yeah so Kyler Murray's been injured so he has Terod Taylor as his starter yikes Dalvin Cook was his number one pick who Dalvin's good but injured for most of it and oh boy Chase Edmonds he's out uh DeAndre Hopkins he's out Corey Davis he's out Kareem Hunt, he's out. Noah Fant, he's out. Yeah, so just his team has been decimated with injuries. But he is number one of the waiver wires, so this podcast won't come out the day that he should be putting in waivers. I doubt he put in waivers. Tough luck, Andrew. Tough luck. Okay, so that is the fantasy hour. Now let's get into the game. Oh, boy, do I have... No, no, actually, we're not going to get into the game first. (laughs) So... I'm not going to talk about the Pat McAfee interview, but I am going to talk about a little bit about the Packers before we talk about the actual game. Let's talk about the pre-stuff, okay? So this was supposed to be the State Farm matchup of the decade, right? We've We've never seen Patrick Mahomes play Aaron Rodgers. And then lo and behold, because last year Patrick Mahomes was injured and that did not work out for anybody. Well, what happens... Aaron Rodgers gets COVID. Aaron Rodgers is immunized. Aaron Rodgers, wait, immunized. What? What does immunized mean? Yeah, we're not going to get too much into the weeds of that. Not going to get into the Pack Mac- McAfee interview. But again, oh man, you—that is some. That is some great. TV. It is it is some great reality TV is all I have to say about that. Um, but because of all that has been happening, because the Packers were withholding information to the media about Aaron Rodgers and putting um, the media members um, in jeopardy for being there unmasked, with Aaron Rodgers being unmasked, uh, they were fined today $300,000 by the NFL, which I guess is not a lot in retrospect, but still a pretty, a pretty hefty fine. And you know what? I was telling my uh my uh, fantasy football my found fantasy football look at that fff my fff group where do where do all the fines go like wh- where does all this money go does it does it go to bonuses does it go to uh roger goodell does it go to like the make a wish foundation does it go to nfl cares Or do they just, like, hold a big pizza party for everyone that got fines? Like, what if it's just, like, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Gordon, Kyrie Irving shows up as a special guest? What if they all just have a pizza party and, like, and Roger Goodell's like, you guys giving me trouble all year, but you know what? You know, it was a fun ride. Who wants cheese pizza? These are... These are the things that I think about by myself. Reese, I need you here because like my mind just spins into a rabbit hole. Um, I actually said because when I was a kid, I was, I was in a boys choir. And if we would lose an item of clothing on tour, so like if I lose a belt and I left it at the hotel or um, I left socks, you know, at, at someone's host family we would actually have to pay in to a, to like a fine for, we we would be fined because it was a part of our uniform. And like, you know, we didn't have time to go to a target when we we're in Vienna or like Switzerland. Right. So we would, our parents would give us money because we were like little kids and this is before cell phones. So we would actually get envelopes of money <laughs> every week. Our parents would give us an allowance. So like the rich kids would have, you know, $300 to spend in Spain for one week and, you know, uh, you know, I I wasn't super rich, but I mean, we were we were well off, so I, I got enough money to like you know buy some postcards and buy a Fanta or whatever. But anyway, so uh, so we would all pitch in to this fund if we would like you know whatever lose a, a piece of clothing like like a belt, and then at the end of the year it would be a ice cream party at at the end of the tour. We'd spend a month in Europe. And like at the very end, with all the money, so there'd always be this one kid who would literally put in like $50, which also, I don't know if that should be allowed, but um, that's neither here nor there, but they would essentially pay for this whole ice cream party and it was a lot of fun. So anytime that I hear that like the Packers are being fine, Aaron Rodgers being fine, Kyrie being fine or anybody's being fine for anything, I always think <laughs> they're just going to have a big pizza party for all the people that gave all these fines, which would be really funny. Anyway, let's talk about stuff that is funny, but like also Armando hot take is here. So this is a hot take. So we saw some of Aaron Rodgers' sponsors drop him, uh, mostly related to the health industry, which makes sense. But we saw State Farm actually stand up for Aaron Rodgers, saying they disagreed with what he said, but that um, but that he had a right to speak about whatever his beliefs are. Yeah, well, guess what, America? Hot take. Jackson Mahomes is going to be on the next State Farm commercial before Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the next State Farm commercial are you kidding me you think State Farm is going to bring Aaron Rodgers back to talk about discount double check are you kidding me he should double check his vaccination status before he walks on to a set with State Farm I mean come on let's let's not kid ourselves about State Farm so big stong to the Mahomes family because Patrick Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes are gonna take over the state farm commercials For the rest of the year going into next year until they find the new Aaron Rodgers. You heard it here. Hot take. You know, these are the things that people aren't talking about in the media. These are the things people are afraid to talk about. But I'm not afraid to talk about it. Jackson Mahomes is on the next State Farm commercial that Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be on. How about that? How about that for a hot take? And with that, let's begin the takeaways of this Wild, wild game. So the game, America's Game of the Week. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jordan Love Packers. Man, and we have a lot of Packers fans that listen to our podcast. So I promise I'm not going to say too many bad things about these guys because I, I did feel bad. Um, but I will say some bad things about our team, the Kansas City Chiefs. So we beat the Packers 13-7. to Why? Why? why 13 to 7 are are you are you kidding me 13 to seven to Jordan Love? Now I, I will concede that the Packers defense looked very good. That was a very good defense, which normally they're not. And for my Packers fans out there, you know that I'm telling the truth. You know that your defense is not great. Um, come Sunday though. That was a pretty solid defense. Pretty solid defense. This is not an excuse. This is definitely not an excuse for what had happened. The Kansas City Chiefs offense still looked awful. But I do want to give a shout out to Chris Barnes. I mean, that dude can hit. That dude is intelligent. That dude is smart. I honestly I didn't know who Chris Barnes was before this game, but uh, nine tackles, seven solos, and one tackle for a loss. But if you watch that game, I mean that that dude's the real deal. Um, congratulations to our Packers people that listen to this podcast. You you have a, a pretty good guy there at linebacker. Um, but other than that, this was entirely the Chiefs' fault for this score. This should not have been 13 to 7. This should have been 40 to 7, if not 40 to 0. Uh, And here's why. And here's why. The biggest takeaway and what the media is talking about, what everyone's talking about, is what is wrong with Patrick Mahomes? and you will hear the most outlandish things even on radio even on radio i won't name names but you know you'll hear oh you know there's stuff going on with his family there's we don't know that we i mean even if even if you hear that from a close friend you know you don't you you don't know that and you can't report on that too you know what i mean so for those things to be on the radio i'm just like come on guys you you know we we should not be talking about things like that there are so many things that i think Are blatantly obvious as to what is happening to Patrick Mahomes that I am not hearing about at all in the media. So here it is exclusive breakdown from Hot Take Mondo about what is happening to Patrick Mahomes. And it's as simple as this he's lost his mojo. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Mahomes has lost his mojo and he's lost it in the weirdest way he's lost in the weirdest way which i'll break down right now but i want to go back to reese's reference a couple weeks ago his hot take about uh, um, using the space jam reference using that secret the 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 secret water or the like the special water that that michael jordan takes and kind of referring to it with with daniel Sorensen. Well, Patrick Mahomes needs his water again, okay? Someone needs to find that Michael Jordan Space Jam water that has been trapped in whatever alien planet in Space Jam in that locker. Like we need to have Bill Murray go back over there, grab the special sauce, bring it back to Patrick Mahomes and say, this is it. And again, I don't care if it's just water. I don't care if it's just coconut water. I drink coconut water all the time, by the way. I know no one likes it, but it is fantastic for singing. Anyway, I digress. I don't care what's in it. Like Bill Murray, we need you. Go go grab that that special water bottle, put... put Patrick Mahomes secret stuff from every year except for this year and give it to him and say, hi, I'm Bill Murray. Drink this, Patrick Mahomes, because we play the Raiders next week and we have to win this game, okay? And then let Pat drink it and let his mojo come back. But I say this in the sense that I don't want Pat's mojo to come back in the way that we saw him before, let me explain. I've been hearing a lot in the media about Patrick Mahomes for the last couple plays. We saw him scramble, find Tyreek Hill, you know, right by the sideline, throw it really quickly. When he had three people rushing him, he's rolling out to the right side, finds Tyreek Hill at the last minute, boom, gives him a dart, and then we're all set for that first down to then. Get into victory formation. The media is saying, "Look at look, we are seeing remnants of the old Patrick Mahomes, the comfortable scrambling Patrick Mahomes, the magic Patrick Mahomes." Andy Reid even alludes to it and and says, "Yes, we saw Patrick Mahomes. You know, super comfortable." I'm I'm paraphrasing. I'm I'm sure Andy Reid's never said super comfortable in his life, but you know what I mean. He looked he looked great when he was scrambling. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the mojo that we need, Patrick Mahomes. Scrambling does not mean Super Bowl, okay? I don't think Kansas City understands that. We put this offensive line together to let Patrick Mahomes be comfortable in the pocket. Yes, it is unfortunate, and I actually alluded to this in the preseason with Joshua Briscoe, in fact. Uh, Joshua Briscoe was doing a um, a like Twitter forum. And it was after the 49ers Chiefs win in the preseason. And I made a joke on his podcast. Completely joking, which now I take back as serious. I said, why does Patrick Mahomes look so comfortable... When he scrambles, yet he looks so afraid when he's in the pocket. Even though at that point in time in the preseason, he had he had hours in the pocket. There was no pressure with that 49ers defensive line in the preseason. And he had all the time that he wanted. But he wasn't making throws. He was undercutting throws. He was putting too much zip on the ball. In the pocket. In the pocket. And then... That was only the first quarter. He only got, Actually, I think he only had one drive that, that game. Within that first drive, we saw him scramble when he did not need to scramble. We saw him improvise when he did not need to improvise. And he looked so comfortable. Like he had just taken Michael Jordan's secret stuff on planet Zebulon in Space Jam. That's what we like to see from Patrick Mahomes. But that's not what we need. That's not what we need because that works sometimes. That that worked for the first three years of Patrick Mahomes' career. But defenses are smarter. Defenses are not blitzing as much anymore. Defenses are rushing four. Defenses are doing cover two. Yes, they've been doing that his whole career. But they are really, really honing in on it, right? This is the old Tom Brady. This is the old Bill Belichick method. You expose their weaknesses until you crush their spirit. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes' spirit is crushed. I think Patrick Mahomes is just so used to having a mediocre offensive line That he feels so comfortable improvising and scrambling. And that to him equals mojo. But today, ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you, Kansas City fans and people that just like to hear me rant. That is not what mojo is for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening to me, your mojo, the way you get that back, find your check down. When you trust in this Alex Smith offense. Yes, I said it. Trust in this Alex Smith offense. It's not sexy. Okay? Patrick Mahomes wants to be sexy. Everyone does, right? Sure. You know who doesn't want to be sexy? Tom Brady. Tom Brady can care less if he is sexy. And guess what? Because he doesn't care about that? Because he finds his checkdowns because he finds his slants, because he exposes defenses with a thousand cuts. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Who cares? Patrick, who cares about scrambling? Who cares about improvising? You have Travis Kelsey open in the middle of the field. You have Daryl Williams open on the flat. You have screenplays designed for Tyree Kill that are so boring. It doesn't matter. Championships matter, right? We get swagger. We get mojo from championships. Yes, a big play will fire up the offense, but so will 45-0. to That's also going to fire up your team. That's going to fire up your offense. That's going to fire up your fans. We saw at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes actually said he wanted to take the deep shot to Hardman at the very end of the game. He said, quote, I kind of want to give the deep, the deep pass a chance. Even though defenses are playing so deep, you still want to have a chance to take those shots. I missed a couple of them. You have to know when to take them and when to take the underneath. That's something that I continue to have to get better at as the season goes on. We saw this in this game. We saw this against the Giants. We've seen this. Throughout the season where Patrick Mahomes thinks he gets his mojo back by making the big play. He thinks he fires up the offense by making the big play. Okay, what happens? Turnovers. That's what happens. Pat. Mojo equals checkdowns. Alex Smith offense. Not caring about being sexy. That's how you win Super Bowls. You win them by having a game script. You don't... Yes, we won that Super Bowl by improvising. But teams catch on to those things. Right? We can't improvise all the time. In fact, Travis Kelsey kind of leaked all this during the Manning cast in September. He was on the Manning cast. They were breaking down film. The Mannings and Kelsey. No one talks about this, by the way. Only Found City Sports Media, only Hot Take Mondo. No one's talked about this. I Trust me, I've, I've, I've researched. All the Arrowhead, oh whoops, I can't say their names. Um, all, the, all the Chiefs outlets haven't talked about this. Go back to the Manning cast and listen to Travis Kelsey talk about the Chiefs offense. He said, he'll look at Pat. And they'll have these eyes that they make each other. And that tells Pat that Kelsey is going to improvise on that play. Same thing with with, uh, Tyreek Hill. They all have this thing where they look at each other and they say, I know how to expose this offense. I'm going to get open. That's not how you win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Maybe in some instances, maybe right? Gronk can do that in a Bill Belichick offense. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill can't do it at the same time in a Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid offense. You can't do that. Because the Patriots offense has so much stability, you can have a wild card like Gronk. But you can't have two wild cards because then what happens? Drop passes. Patrick Mahomes overthrowing. Patrick Mahomes underthrowing. Right. It's, it, it's not that the it's it's not that Patrick's mechanics are gone. Right. I want to say right now. It's not like like what's happening to Pat. It's not like he's lost his technique. He's still an incredible quarterback. You can see he can still throw the long ball. He can still throw the short ball. But he's overthinking these things. Right. It, Pat is actually a genius. Right. To be able to improv and to be able to trust your teammates that much to improv. It, not many people can do that. Right. Right. Maybe Brady and Gronk. And that's kind of it. Maybe I don't even know if Montana and Jerry Rice did that. Very few, people, very few people can do that. And yes, Pat and Kelsey can do that. Yes, Pat and Hill can do that. But they can't do that for 10 years, right? We, we have to have a game script. We have to know what we're going to do. We have to look at the checkdowns, especially when we know that they're open. Pat knew that, that, that Travis Kelsey was open on that shot that he he threw to McCole Harmon, double teamed at the end of the fourth quarter. He said it. He just wanted to get the offense fired up. Cool. We're playing the Jordan love Packers. We don't need to get the team fired up like that. You, you get the team fired up by making boring plays and going 40 zero. Okay. I've, I've made this point so many times, but you all understand what I'm I'm saying right now. But again, these are, these are, these are nuanced arguments that I have not heard from chiefs outlets. And, I'm not even trying to be nuanced. These are just things that I see and things that I've talked about on the podcast. This isn't rocket science. Like clearly, I'm, I'm just an opera singer. I just love football. I, I really don't know that much about football. But I, I know enough to know that you don't win by trying to make a deep play on the fourth quarter, 13 to 6 against the Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love. You win Super Bowls by knowing who you're going to pass it to, knowing where your strengths are, Exposing the weaknesses of the other team and making it happen. So, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with Patrick Mahomes. I just think he has to step away from the scramble. He has to step away from the improv. He has to embrace the pocket. Yeah, okay, Andrew Wiley sucked. Andrew Wiley was bad. Everyone else is very good. Okay, cheat over. Cheat over to the right side of the pocket. (laughs) Um. Kyle Long will be back this week. We don't know how much he's going to play, um, but that's going to help. That's going to help a lot. And it's not like this This offensive line is bad, right? They, yes, they're not perfect. They are not elite. Yes, Orlando Brown has had issues. Of course, the right side has had issues with Niang being injured, with with Andrew Wiley playing. Um, but still, you still see quarterbacks that have, offen- that have awful offensive lines still make plays and still make plays in the pocket. We need to see more Patrick Mahomes' pocket because you can't scramble all the time. Defenses know what you want to do and they're going to force you not to do it. And then if you do do it, they're going to be prepared this time, right? There was this crazy story of the Raiders. The reason, one of the big reasons why they had Marcus Mariota and why they kept Marcus Mariota was not because of his talent, but because he was one of the only free agents that knew how to use his legs. So that in practice, the Raiders' defense all they would do well not all they would do sorry i'm over exaggerating here but a part of part of their practices would would be Marcus Mariota just scrambling just scrambling and the defense would react why patrick mahomes defenses aren't dumb they they know he likes to do this they know he is one of the best at it but again patrick mahomes is more than a scrambler patrick mahomes is a great quarterback and can be one of the greatest quarterbacks in if he develops this next tool in his tool shed being a pocket passer. The greats of all time in any profession figure out a different move in their tool shed. Kobe Bryant when he couldn't dunk anymore he became an incredible three point shooter and obviously a flawless three throw shooter. LeBron James before he got injured this, this season that dude looked like he can't miss Like with the three point. He can still dunk but he knows he's older and he can't do it all the time anymore. So you find other ways. You do find other ways because you know you're a good player. So Bill Murray, give him that juice. It says Patrick Mahomes secret stuff. By the way, throw it in the pocket. We we love you Pat. We love the Chiefs. We're rooting for y'all. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to be lame and do a beer review on my own. <laughs> After hearing Reese do it, it Reese, it wasn't lame. But I can tell how like scary it is just to, just to drink on your own and critique a beer on your own. It is a little strange. But here I go. I attempt it because now Hunt for Red October first is done, and now it is time for, uh, I don't know, drinking beer November. Uh, There's there's other there there's other November campaigns that are not suitable for this podcast. But uh, let's have a beer. Let's have a beer. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with your favorite segment of the podcast. Although I know you love when I talk about Patrick Mahomes and Space Jam and Secret Stuff and Bill Murray, but I know you also love the beer review. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the beer review. And today I'm reviewing it by myself, doing the categories by myself. And just talking about beer by myself. A little weird, but um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Here we go. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Accumulation from New Belgium. You all know New Belgium from, well, from this podcast, but also Fat Tire. Uh, you may also know their Belgian Triple, which is also amazing. Uh, but yeah, new, new Belgium and OG here in Fort Collins, Colorado accumulation is a winter hazy IPA. I've never heard of a winter hazy before. In fact, I know a Q I know new Belgium has done accumulation before, but not as a hazy and especially not with these hops. So before accumulation looks like a dark ale, but tastes like an IPA in the past, um, but winter hazy, especially with these hops, never seen it before. So New Belgium dry hopped with Strata, Mosaic, Lotus, and Eldorado. Oh my, this is going to be dry. <laughs> First of all, Strata and Lotus are rather new hops. A year ago, if not a year and a half ago, these actually, these hops actually didn't have names to them. Um, and I've, I'm sure I've re- reviewed beers with Strata and Lotus as now they're coming commonplace. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Strata, Mosaic, Lotus, Lotus dorado these are all super dry, super green. Um, so it'll be interesting to have it all in an IPA. So here we go. First we pour it into a glass. Ooh, interesting. Alright, our first category is Aroma, and we rate them 0 to 10. 0 being the worst, 10 being the greatest we've ever had in every category. So again, first category aroma. That's a solid aroma. Solid, solid, solid. I I get some pineapple, I get some orange, kind of the the basic the basic smells that you would get from a hazy IPA. But you can tell when there's good hops in a hazy, right? I mean, you have your standards, you have your, you know, Sierra Nevada little hazy thing, which again, I'm not saying anything bad about these, but these are like standard hazies, right? But when you got stuff like Strata and Lotus, there's a little bit more pininess and there's a little bit more of this like tree smell in it um, that you wouldn't get from just the basic standard like hazy hops of, of citra, mosaic, and eldorado. Adding that strat and lotus really gives it that refined smell, which I really enjoy. How about a 9.2 for aroma? That's great. Okay, appearance, not what I thought it was going to look like because, again, they've had iterations of accumulation ale with New Belgium. And it looks dark, like like it'll look like a like a darkish brown, closer to black beer, and kind of like a black IPA, I guess. But this is just incredibly hazy. This um, is golden, not very translucent, not chunky though. I mean, sometimes you'll get some really really chunky IPAs. I may attribute that to citra. This one though more on the translucent side um so it's a very good balance of haze and a very good balance of of clear so how about a solid a solid nine is actually very good for this style because you you never want it to be too too cloudy okay flavor our favorite okay kind of what i expected so here you get a little bit of sweetness, right? I mean, just like you would on a, on a grapefruit. Grapefruit is primarily sour. You will get some some sugar on it, but you normally have to add the sugar to a grapefruit. So it, very, very hints, very little, little hints of sweet, which I kind of want in my hazy, but now you get a lot of dryness, a lot of pininess, a lot of dankness on this one, um, just as I expected. Um, you know, not my favorite. Not my favorite off the mat just because you do want some of that sweet to round out a hazy ipa you don't want it to be primarily just like super tart or super um super dry super green you do still want it to have that full-bodied flavor and i'm not really getting that uh regardless because again i'll just keep harping these are very good hops and you know these hops do not mess around um this for this style it's still it's still appropriate so how about an 8.5 it's really just preference that i love a, a fuller bodied hazy ipa especially when you try to attribute it to winter like wouldn't you want it to be a little darker in flavor a little heavier yeah, who am i who am i okay next category is mouthfeel yeah very very light very light in the mouth very crispy uh which is nice again i i never mind a crispy beer uh, but sometimes the crisp can go a little too far on the style, right? So hazy IPA, don't want it to be this crisp. Um, and the crisp can correlate to the dankness, can correlate to the green. Oh, man, yeah, that's a lot, man. Yeah, just super, super, um, super piney, super piney. Uh, how about a six point three? Oof, sorry accumulation. Look, New Belgium's great. They got a great. Uh, tap taproom, just not the beer that I would I would pick to have on draft. Aftertaste. Okay, aftertaste is going to be pretty similar to what we just had in mouthfeel. Um, pretty tart, kind of grapefruity, um little crispy, a little too crispy for me on the mouth. But um, but look, that's what you get with, you know, Strata Mosaic Lotus Eldorado, some people's palates, they love these super dry beers, uh, but again, like, if, if you do that style, why not do just, you know, a West Coast, do a West Coast style with something that's a little more, you know, brash, a little more green, but again, that's what it is, so that's what it is, all right, so, um, BDQ, which, uh, for those of you that are following at home, this is just, how awesome is this beer, how badass is this beer, um, the I will say the can art is pretty cool. You know, we're not in Christmas time yet, but they're already getting you ready for Christmas. And they're also conditioning you to say that yes, it's okay to have a hazy IPA for Christmas and that you can associate that with Christmas. Uh so that's kind of cool. Oh, they also have on the side, um, so the, the can is four inches long, and they want you and they actually have like a four-inch ruler on the can and they want you to put it in the snow to see how many inches of snow you'd have. But again, they released this in late October where it's not snowing anywhere other than in the mountains. So uh, hopefully, they they will I'm sure they'll make more for the end of November going into December. Um, but that's actually kind of cool. And that's really cute, kind of gets you in the mood. So I like that aspect of it. Again, I wouldn't have it at the beer hall. There's other beers that I would try. Um, and with, with these hops, it is a little ambitious for someone like New Belgium because New Belgium is, is known to make mass production of beers and it, it, it takes a lot. It takes, it, it's expensive to do strata, mosaic, Lotus, and Eldorado. Um, so it, it is a little ambitious for someone that is like a, a macro brewery that's doing something like this. Um, so I will give them props for doing that and really trying to branch out. How about how about an eight point one for BDQ on accumulation by New Belgium? Again, New Belgium, you guys are great. We love you guys. Um, great tap room. Um, just not my beer of choice, and that's okay. It's not that it's a bad style. It's not that it. It's just not my just not my taste bud today. Uh, but you know what is in my taste buds today, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Chiefs' defense because boy, 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 did they look sweet yesterday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with uh, will be a better part of the podcast than the other two segments, I think, because we're going to talk about some good stuff. The Chiefs defense played well. Who saw that coming? I mean, okay, we were we played Jordan Love, but still, even if even if Aaron Rodgers was there, it's still the same offensive line. Yeah, it's still Devontae Adams going one on one with our cornerbacks, you know, it's it's still. Some of our linebackers making plays, still them being athletic. So, yeah, the score wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, they wouldn't have had as great of a success against Aaron Rodgers. But we saw a lot of great things from our defense, starting with Spags. It's crazy to say, but Spags actually had a great game script. Now, of course he did, right? Because this is Jordan Love. He blitzed fifty-one percent of the time against Jordan Love. I guarantee you, Spags will never do that again. <laughs> but l- let's let's take some something away from that, okay? When Spags disguise blitzes, when he uses the blitz instead of you know putting Sorensen, putting Ben Neiman out in space, but actually putting them in crowding the box, we start to have success. Oh yeah, and by the way, we have Melvin Ingram now. <laughs> And he's fantastic. We saw it on the very first play. Melvin Ingram finds Jordan Love and QB pressures the heck out of him. That defensive line was great. Absolutely great. Almost pitched a perfect game. Right? We didn't get to the quarterback as much as we wanted to, but we got to the quarterback. And we QB pressured a lot. A lot. Um, I, I don't know if Jordan Love has a different game against a worse defensive line. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you might be saying, "Does Armando, are are you saying that this defensive line is good?" Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that this defensive line is now above average with Melvin Ingram. We are now above average. That's right. We're not elite yet, but that defensive line looked good. Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark showing up again. I don't, you know. I don't know how happy I am about it. I, I am happy because when I talk about swagger, he had the swagger, and he brings the swagger to the team. And the way he talked in the press conference in the post game got me pumped up. I mean, he, he pumped me up. And this is the same Frank Clark that has not pumped me up that I was ready to release at a moment's notice. Frank Clark pumped me up. I mean, guys like that, man. Yes, I apologize, Frank Clark, if you ever hear any of our podcasts. Well, I don't apologize because you deserved it. I mean, you definitely screwed up, man. Definitely screwed up. Uh, but you have a chance to redeem yourself, and you redeem yourself for one game. Now let's see if you can do it for the rest of the season. Because if you can, maybe we're not saying you're gone next off season, even with the situation that you have with the legal issues that you've had. Um the amount of leadership that he brought yesterday. The amount of swagger that our defensive line had during the game. When's the last time that you saw Chris Jones dance before a third down? Yeah, how about two years ago? How about last year before we got decimated by the Bucks? It's It's been a while, Kansas City. It's been a while. So to see them with so much joy, to see them with so much swagger, to see them pumping up... That's Kansas City Chiefs fans at Arrowhead. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So, Frank and Ingram on the edge, beautiful to see. We also saw, we also weren't sure we were going to see Melvin Ingram playing more than 60% of the snaps, but he did. He played about 60%, close to 70% of the snaps. Um, he's playing. He's here to play. He's not a rotational player. He is here first down, second down, third down when we need him the most. And he was amazing. Not only that, But uh, Reese alluded to this, so I'm not going to give him any crap about it. But uh, Chris Jones is back. Why? Because he's playing where he should be playing in the interior. I've said it on the podcast. Reese mentioned it on the last podcast. When Chris Jones plays in the interior, he plays well. He played well last week against the Giants, he played well this week. And not only that, but when we have a Chris Jones that is comfortable, we have a Melvin Ingram who is comfortable, we have a Frank Clark who is comfortable. Okay, now the offensive line has to account for all these people. So what does that mean? That means less focus on guys like Nandi. That means less focus on guys like Jaron Reed. That means those guys can also eat. And boy, did both of those guys eat. Everyone looked good yesterday. Everyone. Now, again, will we blitz as much as we did against a guy like Tom Brady? Nope, we won't. Because... (laughs) Tom Brady will have Mike Evans one-on-one with someone. We'll have Chris Godwin one-on-one with someone. We'll have Antonio Brown one-on-one with someone. And we'll have Rob Gronkowski one-on-one with someone if we send the blitz all the time, right? So we can't do it with something like that. But this is a good going forward because then we can give the people that have been giving the Chiefs heck on offense doing this cover two. Now we can do cover two. Now we can rush four. Now we can give some space to those cornerbacks. And boy, do those cornerbacks look good. Le'Jarius Snead yesterday. According to PFF, he was graded 87.9 in coverage, which was third amongst all cornerbacks in week nine. He was an 82.8 overall PFF grade, which is fifth amongst cornerbacks. And passer rating allowed was 28.2, yipes, which is fourth among all cornerbacks in the NFL in week nine. He played fantastic one-on-one defense against Devontae Adams. Doesn't matter, Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams, ladies and gentlemen. And for Legere Sneed, to not only go toe-to-toe with him, but overstep him. Did you see that interception? My goodness. My goodness. If, if, If Devontae Adams looks back... And really, really tries to compete with that ball. I still think LaJarrius Sneed makes that interception. He looks so good. And he's peaking at the perfect time. Because he did not look good from weeks one through five. But this, this dude is peaking. He is peaking and I am excited. Because not only does he look good. Traverius Ward looks good. And Rashad Fenton looks good. So we don't have to gamble anymore with Mike Hughes. We don't have to gamble anymore with DeAndre Baker. Now knock on wood about injuries. But if those three are healthy... I'm not that worried against the Bucks. I'm not that worried against the Ravens. I'm not that worried against the Bills. And I'm definitely not worried about the Raiders next week. At least against the deep ball. The only loose end. And it's been the loose end for two years. And Chiefs fans are just catching up. But referees and I have been talking about this for two years. Sorensen's got to go. And finally, someone put a graphic up. Um, This is actually something that I talked about with Reese, and Reese refuted it at at that time. But um, the evidence is true, and it's good, and it's encouraging. Sorensen is getting less and less and less and less snaps, and teams are scoring less and less and less points, and they are absolutely correlated if you watch football because he is the one liability that we have in space. Ben Neiman's not really in space. He's a liability, but he's a he's a liability in the slant. Sorensen's liability in the deep ball. And we saw that against Alan Lazard. Couldn't tackle him. Couldn't even keep up with Alan Lazard. And he's slow as heck. Lazard is slow as heck. Great player. Wonderful player. Wish we had him. But Sorensen couldn't even keep up with him. I've said this thousands and thousands of times already on this podcast and with Reese. Sorensen makes the slowest players these tight ends just look like Randy Moss. It makes them look like Usain Bolt it makes them look like Tyreek Hill. they just they just blow by him every time always blown coverage. So Sorensen you gotta go and, and by the way, Spags how much worse is Ar- Ar- Armani Watts how, how how much like like how much worse if if we played Armani Watts, how much worse can it be? okay. Like, maybe he, he doesn't read the the offense as good as Sorensen. He's faster. He's more athletic. He can probably tackle better. That's what we need right now. Right? Hitchens is back. We have Hitchens calling the plays. We have Honey Badger back there. Incredibly smart. We have Willie Gay. We have Nick Bolton who are showing that they can read offenses and that they can read what's going to happen. Do we really need Sorensen in there to for his great mind, put Armani in there. See what happens. Because guess what? You may love Sorensen, but I bet you love your job more. And you know what? A blown play, one blown play in a playoff game will lose us that game. One. One single play that Sorensen may blow could blow a playoff game. And then that means your job. So, Spags, it's great that you love Sorensen. It's great that you, if you love Neiman, but do you love your job? And if you love your job, you know one play will lose a playoff game. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, Juan Thornhill, Honey Badger, Legere Snead can be having the games of their lives shutting down everyone. But if Sorensen blows a play by Pat Friermuth... To win the game. And and all you hear is mooth. That's your job. Your job is done. So please. Consider your job. I'm sure you love being a coach. More than you love. Your relationship. With Sorensen and Neiman. And last but not least. Shout out to the greatest punter in the NFL. Tommy Townsend. Longest punt of the year. 64 yards. 14 punts this year have been inside the 20. That's 63% of his punts. Incredible. He should be a Pro Bowler this year. No doubt. No doubt. We love Tommy Townsend. We love special teams. We love Alex Sokafor and all that he did. And everyone on special teams that really stepped up yesterday. Because if if not that, who knows what would have happened in this game. And maybe Specs would be gone already. But uh, look, a lot of positives in this game. In conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Mahomes just check down please defense do do your thing spags let's see some armani watts and ladies and gentlemen that is it for me this week thank you for staying with me and listening to me rant rant and rant because boy do i love to rant uh i might get fined for what i said and maybe we can all have a pizza party together so stay tuned for that and next time fantasy sports media podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings on in the beer industry special thanks to bands carswell and hope and like a tiger for providing our intro and outro themes and as always i'm reese and alongside my good friend armando we thank you for tuning in to fountain city sports media